for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Indie Performance is an online nutrition coaching platform that specializes in helping strength athletes optimize their training, making weight classes, or just achieve their aesthetic goals without the steamed chicken and broccoli lifestyle. Head over to IndiePerformance.com. That's I-N-D-I performance.com to find out more. We're back, six-pack lapping at. We got Aria Messi Messi, and we're going to do a recap show of three different competitions. So we're not going to be doing this, uh, you know, well, I mean, I was going to say division by division, but two of these competitions weren't even weight class divisions. And we're talking about Carolina primetime as well as girl power that took place in France and a recap of some of the highlights for the IPF World Championship Masters. Because there were some big names, some legends of the game in the Masters division. But we'll start with the Carolina primetime kind, sir. Um, maybe we'll start with the ladies. Let's do ladies first. Because probably one of the most uh, startling slash impressive performances of this week that had a lot of impressive performances. Natalie Richards weighing in 57.35 kilos. Just three just 0.35 kilos over the 57 kilo weight class limit. Why is that a number to keep in your head? Now, I know USAPL 60 kilos, but the reigning world champion in the IPF, Joy Namani, recently competing in the UK, registered a 495 kilo total. And Natalie Richards just put up a 501. In terms of how Natalie Richards' performance stacks up worldwide, 501 Arian would put her as the number one 57-kilo lifter in the world, not just the U.S. And it's interesting that she cut so far down, not going to 56, not going to 60, but real close on that line at 57.35. I don't know what her intentions are moving forward in the future, but should she go the IPF route? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what a showdown it would be. Her bringing 501, Joy Namani, the reigning IPF world champion at 57, bringing 495 and them clashing at the top. Uh, I mean, that's must see. That's that that's a hell of a rivalry straight up not using a calculator, but kilo for kilo in the same weight class. That could be Agatha Shitko versus Jessica Bitter. Well, that's then how good it is. The, the other thing is uh, similar to the future for the 76 kilo classes. You have the future for 57s as well. Like you have Jad Cheka and you have like uh, Evie Corrigan, stuff like that. So you can have the depth and not just, you know, one versus one. And that's enough. That's another good point. The 57 kilo class is absolutely stacked. We all remember what Jad Jacob did in her showdown with Joey Namani, pushing her to the brink. 0.5 kilos is what she won by. And then throw in there Evie Corrigan, who's really close now as well. It would be an absolutely stacked 57-kilo class at the international level should she choose to go that route. 
Um, also serves to mention in the Carolina primetime. So Natalie Richards taking this with 178.5 kilo squat, 107.5 kilo bench, and a 215 kilo deadlift. That's a 474 pound deadlift. Um, just some freaking huge numbers. And her deadlift, while not as high as Joy Namani's, can start to rival Joy Namani's pull, though. We're getting close, aren't we? And Natalie Richards is still a junior with some room to grow going nine for nine, but also going nine for nine at Carolina primetime, Celine, the machine. And again, want to draw your attention to her body weight, 62.7. That is not the USAPL 60 kilo, nor the USAPL 67 and a half, but right in there for the 63 kilo IPF international, it depends. I, we don't know when either one of these lifters are going to go, but it lets us compare them globally, worldwide, as opposed to just domestically. Celine uh... the Machine going nine for nine, posting up a 550 kilo total. Uh, now that's competitive. F- 510. 510, sorry. Now, that is competitive, like we said, internationally, obviously very competitive nationally um, in the USAPL. She won, so obviously very competitive there. But also internationally speaking, um, it's it's not Leah Babwa, but it's on the podium, and it's definitely in contention for a medal. Now, there's some other 63-kilo lifters worldwide. Um, we'll get to that in a second, who are around the 5'10 mark, or exactly the 5'10 mark, talking about Chiara Bernardi from – Italy, who competed in girl power the same weekend and in, in posted up a 5'10 as well. But Celine the Machine coming into her own. What were your thoughts on this? She posted up a big 182.5 squat, squatting 400 pounds. And I think that's a PR for her, or I know it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as like comparing them to the IPF lifters and comparing them to worlds, like, oh, Celine told more than what won worlds. You never know with the travel and strategy would have been different and everything like that versus the, like a home game. Like, you know, they live in, in South Carolina or North Carolina. It's easy to travel. But yeah, for the, the positives for Celine are she weighed 59.8 at nationals. And then she, I guess, maybe didn't cut or has been bulking it up to 62.7. So if she was traveling to worlds, she wouldn't have to worry about the weight cut. And then the other thing is her PR total was 492.5, and now she's up to a 510. So she's obviously put on a big numbers on her total. So who knows if she had gone to Worlds, she could have potentially won that battle. And even going forward, if she decides to come, you never know what Leah's going to do. Is Leah going to go back and get that redemption in 63s? Uh, or maybe she's going to go up to 69s and not worry about the weight cut. Or maybe she goes one time, like, oh, next year I'll go to 63s, win that world title, and then I'm done with the 63s and go up. So even if, like, you know, Celine didn't win this year, didn't win next year, like you said, she would be pot- uh, podium potential and potentially could win going forward since she's uh, very young. And same thing with, with Natalie Richards. Yeah, you're going up against uh, Joy, you're going up against Jad, you're going up against Bobby Butters, Maria T, all these people. Um, but again, she's young. It seems like she just hasn't been cutting weight because she did Carolina primetime last year at 56.1, Virginia Pro last year at 56.1, Nationals at 57.6, and now 57.35. So I guess maybe she just hovers around there, is not cutting and not gaining. So again, she's another one that could, you know, possibly walk around this weight, make the weight class, continue to grow as she's a junior and uh, be competitive with these uh, other lifters internationally. Uh, like a 
Natalie Richards 100% is a star in the making. You know, she's she's rising fast and still a junior posting up numbers like this. That this body weight is crazy. Um, her full potential, and she's gaining fast, man. Her full potential. 2023, we'll see. It depends what decision she wants to make, but whatever decision she makes, whatever federation she goes to, she's putting up big numbers. Hopefully, she's in some good head-to-head matchup and showdowns. Um, that's what I want to see. Using the calculator is good, but there's nothing like a head-to-head showdown. And probably the best head-to-head showdown for her, if you could pick her up and toss her on the platform, is her versus Joy Namani, um, as well as the supporting cast of Jad Jackup and uh, Evie Corrigan and all the rest of the 57s. Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see what decision she makes. And yeah, I mean, also, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to add to you, when we did our, our King of Lifts rankings, like our first power rankings, I had her as my top USAPL lifter on the female side because, yeah, I figured, like, th- th- this was set up for her this year with the Pro Series and Nationals, everything like that, to do well. Unfortunately, she didn't have the Nationals that she wanted. So, like, she was doing really well all these local meets in the Virginia Pro and then had that hiccup at Nationals where we did have the head-to-head battle with her versus Celine. Um, so now she had her redemption meet and hit all her PRs. The thing is now like Natalie and Celine's body weight have kind of like distanced themselves a little bit. So I don't know if we're going to see that head to head battle anymore, if they both show up to the Arnold or if they both show up to nationals, but yeah, she takes that path to worlds. Then she'll have those head to head battles again. Yeah. It looks like in terms of rivalries, they're kind of moving into different directions and they're going to have new rivals to take on themselves. So I think that rivalry never know what happens, but you're right. It looks like the rivalry might be put to bed and they might be moving forward into different pathways. What that pathway is, who knows? But one person I know for fact is staying USAPL and is a legend is Jennifer Thompson at 48 years old, hitting a PR total, which is insane to be pushing 50 hitting PR totals. Now, she moved up a weight class. Um, She's 67.55 kilos, so I guess technically she moved up two weight classes, right? But there is no weight classes in the Carolina primetime. But posted up 5'11", and an absolutely staggering 148.5 kilo bench press. And what were you saying that was in poundage? About 327 pounds. Which is freaking ridiculous. This is a 67.55 kilo woman pushing half a century old, bench pressing that. It's uh, it's inspirational, man. Jen Thompson, definitely the bench goat. All three of these ladies, the Carolina primetime, by the way, going nine for nine, um, having picture-perfect days, hitting PRs. You know, so there's all the good stories all around, splitting those checks amongst those one, two, threes. Um, any notes you want to add before we move on to the men, kind sir? Well, yeah, I was just going to add, as far as JT, she did – gained some weight and obviously that helps out with the bench press. I was looking back at 2018 Raw National. She did 143 at in the 63s where she broke the 500 kilo total. She did 500.5. Since then, it's like when she's been dealing with the injuries, with the hip issues and everything like that. So potentially, you know, that set her back as far as her numbers, but maybe has helped her like rebuild her squat, like rebuild the strength, rebuild her technique, everything like that, and really focus on it. 
and build a backup because she used to when she used to compete at worlds she would get gold on bench easily have a huge a huge lead because of that and then sometimes get gold on delf as well and the gold on bench and delf is what carried her to the total so squat was lack uh lacking there but maybe this like kind of gave her resurgence to really work on technique really build the strength find you know a good position where she can be really strong in it and maybe the body weight has helped as well and now she's hitting a pr she's hitting 160 when her pr you know before in the previous weight classes were 150 to 152 or something like that so um, it's just ridiculous what, what she can do and i wonder now can she get to a 330 pound bench press and uh and then maybe she can maintain that in her 50s that would be ridiculous it'd be insane uh <laughs> adding to that note on jen thompson then we'll move along because we got two other uh we got a couple other events as well but jen thompson that hip injury in her mid 40s the doctor said career ending like absolutely career ending, devastating hip injury. And for her to come back and be hitting PRs, pushing 50. I mean, it's crazy. That's why Jen Thompson's a legend. Um, moving on to the men's. Well, Marcus I just Boyd. wanted to, uh, yes, I just want to re real quick add, add a name since you were saying, are there anything else to mention? And in fourth place, it was just two points on dots behind, um, but it is still a, a really good total as a serene, uh, hopefully that's how you pronounce her name, Harmony Gainer Metzen. I can't even see the whole name on here. Um, let me click on it real quick. Oh, Metzinger. She had a 430 kilo total in the 52 kilo class. So again, that's oh, someone shit. else that could go international and immediately be in podium contention. So she's another one that like comes from that uh, North Carolina, South Carolina area. And she's been consistently putting up numbers on her total, but she hasn't gone to any big, too many big meets. She did 2019 raw nationals where she got fourth place with a 390 kilo total but then since then last year she did 420 in this carolina prime time and this time she's up to a 430 so that's another one that would be great to have at the international level i mean she's a stitch behind noemi alabara but she'd be up there man she'd be she'd be battling she'd be on the podium for sure um and it's always nice we need somebody to push noemi alabara because noemi alabara in the 52 kilo class I think she posted up into the 440s now, 444, if I'm not mistaken. So she's a little bit starting to run away with it. We could use somebody to start pushing her. And the 52s are uber stacked internationally. But um, again, we'll see which pathway they go. Maybe she wants to stay USAPL and just reign at the top of USAPL. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to contend with 430 in USAPL in the 52s. That'd be a big ask. Yeah. Talking about the men, sir. Um, Marcus Adodo taking the men's with an 875 kilo total. He weighed in at 97.8 kilos and clinching the number one spot in number two, Anis Anbar in the 75 kilo class weighed in at 74.45 with a 740 kilo total and Andre Easter coming in on in third place, grabbing that check with an 800 kilo total Weighed in 89.45. So they have the 90 kilo class, 100 kilo class, and 75 kilo class. And there's your one, two, three, splitting those checks respectively. And uh, Marcos Adoto really starting to, I mean, he was originally an 83 back in the day, um, stayed USAPL. And as the weight class has changed, opting not to go 82.5, but moving into the 90 kilo class, or sorry, 100 kilo class. Uh, moving up a couple different weight classes, starting to fill it out and hit some big numbers and starting to morph into 
you know, a mature athlete netting some checks here. Interesting to see how he ends up, sir. Yeah, and, and on the the women's side, like you said, the top three all went nine for nine, and it was a little bit spaced out, like Natalie at 571, Dot, Selena at 550, and then Jay, Jen, uh, Jen Thompson at 527, and Serene right behind her at 525, like trying to get that, that third place spot. But on the men's side, it seems like it was uh, quite a bit closer. Like it seems like Marcus jumped up to 22 and a half kilos on the second or third deadlift to jump on us for the points to take that first place. And then it seems like a lot of people are trying for that third place spot. So Andre Easter missed a 332.5 on his third attempt. And you can see a bunch of guys after him. Uh, Trey tried 332. Daniel Howell tried 352. Jalen Falk tried 350. All of them probably trying to get the dots they needed to go into third place. So uh, a little bit of a closer battle there for placing one, one versus two. And then all those guys trying to fight for three and, and a little bit more of a missed attempts there. You can see a number of guys missed their second attempts, probably on, on squat on depth and then came back and got on third. So, uh, you know, a little bit more competitive there, um, even though the numbers may not be as competitive, like, you know, on, on national international stage. Yep. It was a good battle. Let's move along now. Cause we got three competitions to cover. So we'll move to Europe in France. They held the girl power competition and the top five got checks and interesting. So the French Federation hosted it and not a single French lifter made it into the top five. And that's tough, man, because team France, when it comes to the women super stacked, but this was a super stacked competition um, among them, you know, former world champion, Heather Connor, Kiara Bernardi, former junior world champion, Martha Jenner, 69 kilo world record breaker, um, Jessica Bittner as obviously a reigning world champion, Emily Merger, a medalist at Worlds, Iris for Shelton, a medalist at Worlds, uh, Jenner, obviously a medalist at Worlds as well. So a lot of, and, and Horthold's daughter, I believe, is a medalist at Worlds. I mean, these are, this is a world-class stacked divisions here. But if we break this down, we know not only was this for checks in, in a high-class competition, but for some of these ladies – an opportunity possibly to get some shine and enter the conversation once again for Sheffield because the wild cards have not yet been handed out. So Heather Connor, one girl power, collect the check. And uh, how much was that again? Uh, looks like she got uh, 2000 euros for first 2000 euros, which is uh, roughly, I mean, I think that's parody with us. So it's not a bad check. Um, if they're handing out five checks as well. But Heather Connor clinching the win first and foremost with some international travel and definitely international level competition, putting up a 405 kilo total. And she did weigh in under the 47 kilo mark she always has, even if she's not going to make weight. She doesn't have to really cut weight to do this. But looking at that, we had said in previous podcasts, you know, she probably needs to post up something rather big to get that Sheffield invite. So people buy in that she's a threat for Turbo Tiff. Now, Turbo Tiff can put up 424. Did she mitigate that lead enough? And we got a spread here of almost 20 kilo in the 47 kilo class. Only time's going to tell. It's, it's um, I mean, the Europeans still has to come around. And the Sheffield wild cards haven't been handed out yet. And everybody's going to be watching with bated breath what happens at Euros. 
because some of these other people vying for the wild card positions are going to be looking to post up big totals and be like, it's going to be me. Uh, the world champions are already getting the invite as long as they hit 95% of the world record. And Turbo Tiff owns that world record. She's going. But some of these other weight classes, some of the ladies might say, hey, I'm closer hunting down the world champion and world record holder. Throw me in and I'm going to give you the action you want to see and the close competitiveness. Only time's going to tell. Well, there's one of the background stories. Um, Thor Holes Dottier from Iceland in the 84 kilo class posting up a 590 kilo total mass of 242.5 kilo deadlift. Um, big 225 kilo squat that's 496 pounds. Taking second place, Kara Bernardi from Italy, the former junior world champion, now moved into the open, taking the third position. And she weighed just 0.9 over the 63 kilo limit, but posted up that 510 kilo PR total. Um, and I was saying, when we're talking about Selene the Machine, 510 throws her right in the mix. Well, she's right in the mix with these other you know, 63s at the international level like Kira Bernardi. And that's why it's uber stacked. And obviously the world champion, Megan Scanlon, she's capable of putting up more than she did at Worlds. You know, she's putting up some big numbers in the gym right now. And I got a feeling she's going to be around 520 range as well. She's capable anyways around that range. So we'll see. Um, if uh, if Celine goes that route, the 63 kilo class is absolutely stacked. Mark Jenner from Norway posting up a 535 kilo total. Her weighing in at 70.25 kilos. So over the 69 kilo limit, which she usually contends as a 69 kilo lifter, this is two and a half kilos. It matches what Chandler Babb put up at the world championships to win the 69 kilo class. But obviously, even if they're going head to head, and they wouldn't because Marta is over the 69 kilo class limit, Jenner, or sorry, uh, Bab would have won on body weight and Marta would still come in as silver medal. It wouldn't even happen because she wouldn't make the 69 kilo weight class. I'm just saying, if we're just, comp com if we're just comparing, Marta has done more. She's done 542.5. She's capable of more. To an extent, I was looking at this as a possible redemption meet and seeing how far she can put. If she can match previous PR 542.5 or possibly exceed it, now you're really putting pressure on SPD. Look at me. You want to bring me in. I can take that. I can beat Chandler. You know, I can break these world records. Or, I mean, with Leah Babylon there, probably not breaking world records because Leah did now. She's going 69 kilo. But I could give Leah a scare if she gets pushes closer from 542.5, closer to 550. Oh, wow. Now we're talking about some stiff competition from Leah. So I'm not sure where this means. 535 is excellent for a 69 kilo lifter. Absolutely excellent. No question about that. But we're talking the tip of the spear vying for that Sheffield wild card, just like we're talking with Heather. I don't know if that performance does it. We have to see what happens now at Euros in Poland because there's going to be other people vying to put up big, big competitions and big performances. I wonder if Mark Jenner, I haven't even taken a look at the Euros roster. If she signed up, she might have another shot. Yet another shot. But um, And maybe she's already earned it. Maybe she's already earned the Sheffield wild card and SPD likes what they saw. Or maybe it's Heather. It's just tough because it's so freaking competitive trying to get it. Um, I'll get your thoughts on this. I might as well just round off the rankings here. Jessica Bittner coming in with a 557.5 for Jessica 
that's somewhat sleepwalking through it. We know she's capable of more. She's capable of a 585, I believe. 0.5 is what won the world championships. Um, but if you follow her on social media, I don't think she was going all out on this in terms of the training. Um, you know, she's somewhat cruising through this, have an international competition, have some fun, hang out with some friends. She's got plenty of friends over there in France. And um, so I don't think, well, I know she obviously did not go all out in training, wasn't going all out here. So it is what it is. And then um, Amelia Mergier representing France coming in at sixth. Mergier getting 640. It's two kilos more than she posted up at the World Championships. Um, that would not have changed her her placing at the World Championships, though. She still would have been bronze doing with this two kilo PR here. Iris Shelton coming in seventh and Oceana Regis from France coming in eighth. Iris with a 495 in the Uber stacked 63 kilo class. And Ocean with a 450 in the 50, in the, I didn't see what she weighed in that, but she's usually a 57 kilo lifter. What are your, some of your thoughts, sir? Four yeah, I mean, as, as far as like the, the Sheffield discussion, as far as like Heather, yeah, I, I don't know, like you were saying, if this helps her or not, because she has done 408 kilos before in a USAPL nationals. And then she did like a 410, I believe in like an unsanctioned meet. So here be doing 405. It's like before Worlds versus after Worlds, nothing has really changed because going into Worlds, you've done 408, you're a world champion, everything like that. Now after Worlds, you did 405, you're a former world champion. You can still break that Delaf World record at Sheffield and get some money there, but that gap hasn't closed. So yeah, maybe they were hoping to see, you know, 415, 417.5, like some kind of like PR total and seeing progress towards it being a closer battle than just the deadlift. So yeah, I don't know if that really helps her. I, I think on the... Second squat, she missed on depth and had to come back and get it on third. So that held her, held her back some on squat. I didn't get to watch the bench. And then the Delph, she pulled 190 and missed 195. So maybe, you know, some people thought like she'd have a bigger Delph in her. Maybe she has 200 or 205 and can maybe try and steal the win at the end. But she's only hitting 190. She's done 192 be before, uh, missed the 195. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough case for her to get in. Um, for Marta Jenner, I'm kind of in the middle. There's like there's a case you can make for her, and there's a case that you can make against her. Mm -hmm. The case against her is that she didn't hit a PR total. She's done the 542.5, like you said. Then she had the terrible experience at Worlds, and she did the 532.5, second place, like battling it out for first place with everything going wrong against her. So now she's coming into a local meet, less travel, training's going well, uh, everything's on point, and she only hits 535. So I don't know. I think maybe I haven't messaged her or asked her about it. I think maybe she's going to feel disappointed with no weight cut, less travel. She probably was hoping like 545 to 550, like the numbers in training were kind of pointing towards that. And, you know, there's less pressure and she wants to get that Sheffield spot. So I think maybe she was hoping for 545 to 550 and she didn't get that. So that kind of hurts her chances. But on the flip side, like you said, that's basically what Chandler won Worlds with. So you're totaling still what's capable of winning worlds and what's capable of you placing, you know, higher at Sheffield. So you could make a case for her in that, in that way, but there's also the, the body weight though. 1.25 kilos is not that huge of a cut at that weight. So it's the only, tough. So the only thing is Leah saying initially, like announcing I'm going 69 kilo. Now these totals don't look like they normally would look with Leah in, the, in that pack for Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's the thing is like, if 
Marta was capable of 550, at least she'd be over the world record, the current world record as well. Um, and that would help her as far as replacing at Sheffield. But if she's under it and then Leah's coming too, then yeah, that like kind of hurts her in those two aspects. But I think maybe Marta still has a better case than Heather um, based on current numbers, not without like knowing where Leah's going. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how much above she would be as far as other options. It's tough. Uh, I mean, because there's other people out there like Jack, Jack up who, you know, there's other people there vying who had like, who did have a world's battle. Uh, the best calling card to make the Sheffield was open worlds. And Jack Jacob had like literally one of the best battles in the open and with Joy Namani. Uh, but anyways, what what about other, the other performances you saw, sir? Notes on uh, Jessica Bittner. Um, I, I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. When I seen her training, she wasn't been posting a heck of a lot. I thought she was, and then I was actually surprised she's going to girl power. I didn't hear her talk a lot about it. And then she said, oh yeah, I'm going to girl power. Kind of expected this is going to be for fun. Yeah, I, I guess this kind of shows you too, like the importance of uh, one, like peaking for a competition and two, the importance of like actually having like competition, like something matters. It's a world championship and it's a battle. Because for this one, yeah, it seems like maybe she didn't try as much as far as training. She was going there for fun. She also didn't cut weight. She weighed in at 78.34 kilos. And then the squat was a... Uh, she looked like she had a little bit more in her. She did the 210. I think maybe it looked like she can really like hit that second gear. So it looked like maybe she had another five kilos in her. Her bench, I think she's been dealing with the injury previously. So I don't know if she went less on purpose. I didn't watch the benches, but she did the 102 when she's done 107 before. And then the the deadlift, I was surprised she missed the 257.5. But again, that's like where what I'm saying is like that shows you know, world championship on the line, you're going against Agata, you've peaked perfectly for this, you have the crowd going for you, you have to do the biggest pull ever, and you get the 261.5. Versus, you know, you're just training, you're not necessarily peaking for it, you're traveling, you maybe she did stuff for fun in France too, the day before, whatever like that, there's not a much hype. And so, okay, you pull 257.5 kilos, maybe you get an extra 500 euros or extra 1000 euros, and she missed it. So it just wasn't, it wasn't there, it was more of like a, a fun meet for her. Um, so, you know, nothing special for her, but you know, she's the world champion. doesn't really matter what she does at this local meet. That's exactly it. Where other people are vying for their Sheffield invites and need to have a phenomenal performances. She's already set. This is all just gravy. She did all of her talking at the world championships when she won the worlds in a, an amazing performance on top of that and already has her ticket to Sheffield. So now she's just, this is just, Hey, let me do my European tour. Right, show up, get flown out there, hang out, smash some weights, and it doesn't really have to empty the tank. Um, Iris Shelton here, or, or Amelia Emergy, Iris Shelton, Ocean Regis. So for Team France, Ocean is becoming a reliable backup. If if you may, um, you know, obviously Jad is the number one fifty seven in France and uh, is the biggest fifty seven kilo threat threat. But Ocean is starting to prove to be a good backup option uh, like going into the european championships she'll be in the open where jad is still going to choose to go into the junior world championships but they got a nice one-two punch in the 57s there and iris shelton what were you expecting there 495 i believe she's already hit 495 if i'm not mistaken i didn't see a lot of her training leading into this yeah i don't know if she didn't 
post as much or if it's just like you know instagram didn't show as much to me but i didn't really see anything um but another another one that looks like she was just doing it for fun she didn't cut weight she weighed in at 65.48 kilos and she's done 505 before so it looks like trying to compare the numbers looks like the squat wasn't a pr the bench tied her pr and then adela wasn't a PR and looks like maybe she tried to pull the extra five kilos to move up a couple places at the end. But again, yeah, maybe it's just like a thing for her for fun. Um, you know, you get invited to this little girl power local competition. They're trying to bring in different athletes from different countries. So it's not all, you know, French lifters. And so maybe she just thought it was great to have an invite and go there and compete with all these other ladies. She hasn't posted in a month, you know, just to give you an indication. Like I, I felt the same way. Like I don't remember seeing much of her, when someone is absolutely rocking and rolling with their training and, and going to make a play at something, they're posting. Unless they don't want their competition to see it, but I was usually post. For her not to post, she was probably like Jessica Bittner, where, you know, I mean, the the amount that they put in at the World Championships and lately they've been putting in, or Iris might are actually, she's the defending European champion. Maybe that's where she's really looking to peak. And this was kind of a pit stop in there to – you know, hop in there, hit some lifts, but the European championships is where she's going to try to make her play, um, defending her European title. Only yeah, time will tell me. Right? Yeah, I was trying to pull up the nominations real quick for Europeans just to see which one of them are in it. Um, and it looks like Chiara's in the 63s and um, – Marta's in the 69s, and Iris is also in the 69s right now, so maybe she won't cut for really? that. Really? What did Iris weigh for this competition, Girl Power? 65.48, so not too Actually, bad. Actually, I think I heard she was moving up to 69. That's interesting Her she moved up, though, and her total went down. That usually doesn't happen, unless she's got an injury or something. You don't know the background story, but usually when you're going up in weight and you're not cutting anymore – it's not the way it moves. But yeah, I mean, and then the other thing is, like we said, maybe she wasn't like peaking for this competition. Maybe she's still trending into it and stuff like that. So we don't know. Um, and we don't know what she normally walks around at. So maybe she hasn't filled out completely or like started built bulking up. Um, but even I'm looking at the nominations for Europeans, obviously they're just nominations, but she's nominated third in the 69s. If she was in the 63s, she'd be nominated tied for second with uh, Chiara. Because uh, Corolla Gar signed up for for the 63s as well. So her placing may not change. So maybe she just wants to not cut weight and do Europeans and, you know, podium and then decide going for next year what she wants to do as far as 63 or 69. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. And Emily Mergier um, looks like she's consistent where she's at in 84 pluses. Should we move to the IPF Master World Championship, sir? Sure, let's do it. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, some big names here. This is almost a graduated class, if you will, for some of these people. Um, among those, I mean, you have some legends like Kimberly Walford, who who showed up at the Master World. She's been a master for a little while here, but never competed at the Master World Championship. But you also have legends in the game like Elaine Norton, whom was the number two nomination coming in. And... Uh, I, you know, there's a bit of a spread between him and Gabriel uh, representing Mexico. And I, I remember Gabriel Garcia because the Canadian, um, Brendan, from uh, actually my hometown, 
won the 2017 Master World Championships, and in 2018 at the World Championships, he was defending his title against Gabe, and uh, Gabe took it from him. And so when I see the nominations and I seen Gabriel Garcia, the number one nomination, I already knew he was a two-time Master World Champion, and um, I was like, oh, wow, Lane's going to have his hands full. And Lane did have his hands full until the deadlifts rolled around. Um, Lane ending up locking it up because he had lower body weight by the second deadlift and opting to go all in on his third deadlift, pulling for the world record, which is 325.5 kilos and uh, missing that. And he you know, probably would have hit something lower if he needed to and needed to pad on his record. But with the world championship already locked up by a second deadlift on body weight, they have that and they're able to just load up on that third and see what happens. So Lane Norton, man, the comeback kid, I say kid, you know, we're talking about the masters right now, but if you follow Lane Norton, the amount of setbacks and injuries he's had on this path, it's been crazy, man. I mean, he was in the, he beat Jesse Norris by, uh, because Jesse Norris had pop for stims and then he made the world team. It was going to make his second open world championship appearance. In 2015, he won the silver medal um, overall, broke the squat world record, took a gold, obviously, in the squats. He did had a phenomenal showing in the open world championships. And while on the world team for 2016, which would have been my first year commentating, actually. So I would have I would have been commentating on Lane. He gets injured. And actually, the injury forces him off the world team. And we never seen him at another world team since. We never seen him at the world level since. And it has been a prolonged comeback ever since for Lane Norton. Um, you know, he'd be back at it, hit a PR at a higher body weight, but still hit a PR total and was hoping to cut down and uh, try to keep that strength injured again. And it just kept happening. So coming into these world championships, he he was saying, I'm not looking for all my old numbers. Um, you know, numbers are out the window. I want to win. Just let me win. I've been fighting so long for so many years to get back to the IPF world championships. I want to get this W. And for Lane Norton to lock it up at the IPF worlds and clinch that world title finally, and just to have a back, uh, and he had, I mean, I had reposted it, but he had that emotional thank you to everybody because everybody knows who Lee Norton is. He's an OG and he's obviously, he's been on Joe Rogan and, um, you know, extremely popular on social media. He was flooded with DMs, giving him support beforehand and then support afterwards when he won. So an emotional Lane Norton, whom has had a long winding road to this world title, his first world title. And here we are, buddy. Yeah, I mean, as far as the the nominations, yeah, it was a big gap. It was Gabriel Garcia at 755 and Lane at 712.5. But with these nominations, you never know, like, what people are hitting at nationals. So, like, Lane, you know, didn't have to go all out at nationals because he didn't have, you know, any close competition. And then also it depends on what kind of, yeah, peaking and injuries and all that kind of stuff like that he's dealing with going into nationals versus worlds which is interesting because even going into worlds he said he, he had like you know a setback or two and then kind of had to like you know still push through and then end up being a 742.5 kilo total for both of them and lane winning on on body weight um with gabriel yeah i'm not i'm not sure what happened as far as his numbers from his nationals um coming in here since we obviously don't know him, we don't know how his training was going that kind of stuff like that but 
seeing them warm up, they were both warming up in the same rack. You can see Gabriel was like kind of cutting it close on depth. And then his last warm up didn't look particularly fast. And then his opener looked questionable on depth and wasn't particularly fast. I think maybe he got one red. And then on the second attempt is where he got called, I think maybe three reds. And so his squat was already down and Lane hit three squats. So that's where like we started to gain some ground. On um, bench press, you know, they both end up missing one of them. For Lane, you know, he doesn't have a big bench and it was only five kilos. So it's not like he lost that much ground. So then it came into the deadlift. And for Delph, we were trying to figure out whether we should up Lane's um, opener because he was down five kilos on subtotal. So, so or on opening deadlift. So we could have opened up five kilos more. So we'd be ahead on first attempts. But also, you know, you start pushing it more and more, you get a little bit risky. And Gabriel had already been missing, you know, squat attempts and missed the bench attempts. So we didn't want to chase him. If he's being aggressive and he's missing attempts, we shouldn't just go up and us be aggressive as well and miss attempts. So Ben decided, like, hey, let's just stick with our opener. Let's get in the meet. Let's see what Gabriel's looks like since he's pulling first and see what jump he takes. And then we will just take five kilos more than his jump to go ahead on second attempts. And it ended up being basically perfect because Ben's plan for the second attempt was right around at 307.5. And so that ended up being the jump that Lane needed in order to go ahead on second attempts. So then he was ahead on second attempts and it was up to Gabriel to, you know, figure out what a third attempt to put in. And I think they had maybe 305 or 302.5 in first. Uh, or actually, no, they had, um, I think actually had 297.5 and they went up to 300 and then he missed the 300. And so Ben already had the sheet ready to go for the world record deadlift because the total was already secured, the placing. And then uh, it just, the 325 wasn't there, but based on the 307, I think if um, Gabriel had done like 297, I think Lane still would have been able to do the 315 to win. So and it's interesting, like you said, like the, the whole story, uh, I was there in 2015 in Finland um, as an assistant coach for the team and Ben was there handling Lane and that's where he Lane broke the world record squat and that's where he got the silver medal and then misses all the international stuff from 2015 all the way till now and then we go to Canada um, one of the personal coaches Ben's there handling Lane and he finally gets the first place there isn't it crazy man like seeing you guys in the pictures and like Lane took a picture and like posting the bands back together and like it's crazy, man. Life is crazy. You don't know what like seven years from now it's going to be happening, but it's, you know, the way, the way things cycle through and people come back into the picture. And um, sometimes like, you know, Lane was like, I talked to Lane in the DMS and um, he was like, man, I get it. It's masters, but some stories needed that chapter to foreclosure. I needed some clothes. Like sometimes you need, like it means something. I got to come back. I got to come back to the Worlds. And he had a battle too, which is good. Let's have a battle. Let's have a battle at Worlds. And let's close some chapters here. Let's rewrite some chapters anyways. I have unfinished business. Everyone knows what that feels like to have something left on the table and you have to still clear it up. And Lane had that opportunity. And he comes back and does what he does. Um, I want to get him back on the podcast. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. And uh, and he said he is. But right now he's got like, he's like, right now, not yet. But I'll be back on the podcast. He said, like, I got some stories to tell. When it comes to this competition, um, you know, like the setbacks, he in, he's perpetually getting injured. And it's kind of like, this is this is the new me now. I just deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's got that warrior mentality where he's showing up, man. He's going to show up and do battle. He's battle tested. So, um, yeah, it's entertaining. So I want to get him back on because everyone likes a good comeback story. And this was one of the good ones. Speaking of comebacks, though, sir, 
And speaking of Lane Norton, L.S. McLean, former rival of Lane Norton. Lane Norton used to battle L.S., I mean, on the platform, their buddies, and they were teammates at that 2015 Worlds. But they used to battle it out at the Nationals for the in the 93-kilo class. Lane Norton winning, but L.S. actually going as the number two for the 93-kilo class for that 2015 World Championships, if I'm not mistaken. And here we are. So they were teammates on Team USA, and here we are in 2022, and both these guys, teammates all over again, man. And for Team USA, the fucking band was back together, my man. <laughs> L.S. McLean, um, obviously a legend in his own right, two-time world champion in the Open at the 93-kilo class, carved out his own legacy. Um, and moving up to the 105s, and posting up an 830 kilo total and the best lifter as well in the M1 World Championships. Uh, my man here, he got his opening squat, missed his second and third squat, started the day off a little bit shaky, but never missed another lift after that. And uh, cruising to an 830 kilo total. Were you helping him out at all? Did you see that one? Um, I was there back there in that session, but you know, no, I wasn't handling him or helping him out because we had, you know, people in multiple flights, but, um, I didn't see the squats, but it looks like that's what held him back is like he did North Americans in Panama uh, a couple of months ago and he did a 310 squat there, but here he missed the 297 and 302. Um, the rest of it was fine. He, you know, he got the bench that he wanted and got the gold and then Delph just did what he needed to hold the lead and make sure Anthony McLaren doesn't like try and like backdoor him. Um, because at that point, you know, he was at an 820 and Anthony was, I think at like a 792 or whatever. So he could have done like, you know, a big Hail Mary shot or something like that if he wanted to. So he just did what he needed at that point to secure it. Um, so I'm not sure what, what happened on the, uh, on the squat, but like you said, he was still one best lifter and he was only M1 male lifter over 100 gl points so he won by a good amount and obviously helped the uh us team to win the first place on uh, team points and taking a look at the open power lifting so earlier this year he had posted up an 847 and a half at the north american like you had said uh, in panama he's done 865 which is a pretty big total um, and that was at the PA uh, Master Nationals. He's posted up a 900 kilo total, but this is at the USPA. Uh, this was raw, but he was 109 kilos. So he's obviously over the 105. And I'm not sure. I believe they probably have a deadlift bar, which might have helped him out a little bit. But I mean, it wasn't a massive deadlift PR. He walked away with 330 there, but a 900 kilo total. Man. I mean, in terms of LS, I realize he's a master. But he's still, he's got a lot of strength in me. He's hitting PRs right now. Now he's moving up in weight class, but still hitting some PRs. And he's going to be the man to beat now in the master class now that he's got the best lifter award. Let's see what how long he could take, you know, hold on to that and maybe have a bit of a dynasty here at the Master World Championships. Um, but uh, any other highlights, sir, in terms of the men's? I see Ryan Stills winning in the 120s. Ryan, obviously, a longtime veteran. And uh, walking with an 830 kilo total. And from Spain in the 120 pluses, um, Daniel Prieto, I remember him from Sweden anyways, hitting an 860.5. And Team USA, if you're wondering, 
taking the team points, but Team Canada coming in second and Britain coming in third. Shall we move on to the women, sir? Do you think there's any other notes? We can? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, as far as that guy, Daniel, on the 120-plus, he broke the, the world record squat. He was warming up with us in the back, and it was uh, interesting seeing him, you know, warming up and, like, trying to get down to the depth, and his coaches were all checking his depth, and he, like, he, I don't think he put, like, his knee sleeves up for any of his warm-ups. Like, they were on his legs, but they were just, like, down the whole time. And um, he goes out there, and he sinks it in and gets depth on all three of his squats and gets that world record squat and then basically just cruises the way through bench and delve to make sure he secures that 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 squat world record so that was uh, great for him as far as the other masters divisions i mean it's lifters that we know like one person to mention the masters too is uh jeff butt the meat director actually right. competed as well raw and equipped and he won um in the uh raw he won the 93s um against a, a couple of uh guys um coming out coming after him for the for the total so it was interesting to see he he ran the cpu nationals and then he ran the ipf masters worlds in the same location and he competed in the meet at the same time and he was doing other stuff the whole time as well let me add anybody who watches powerlifting knows him he is the head coach for team canada he was the guy steering jessica bittner to her victory over agatha shitko he's the guy that when she freaked out after that the biggest poll we've ever seen in the ipf history and she started jumping up and down with her coach. He's that, he was that dude who's like up and down, like celebrating with her and all the videos and stuff like that. Like he's, you've seen him in, you know, as team Canada head coach, Greg, man. He helped out Maria T as well. Several years in a row. What's that? Sorry. He helped out Maria T as well in 2019. He uh, He's the guy for Maria T when she won the world, she missed her second deadlift and she needed the third to pull for the win. And he goes, I want you to put on wrist wraps. And she's like, I've never put on wrist wraps because she lost it on grip. And he goes, put on wrist wraps. She's like, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. I already missed it. And this is for the world championships. Pulls and hits it. I mean, dude, he's in Canada. He's a legend. He's netted us as the head coach. Pivotal. Like he's pivotal in attempt selection in very close battles like Jessica Bittner, as well as making decisions like he did with Maria T and grab this world titles. I can't remember if he was the head team coach for 2018 but that was our first men's open world as well with eric willis if he was there throw that on his resume as well i can't remember though but he's always around man jeff Budd is like a legend in the game so yeah he's a meat director he at one time was a canadian president he's a world champion athlete and freaking um a head coach man the, the guy does it all the, and he's a phenomenal dude and yeah so so for Masters 2, the Canadians did really well because you guys won first place for the team and then won all three top uh, top three best lifters. Jeff Buck got third, Tom King got second, and Scott Robinson got first. In the Masters 3, of course, you want to mention it was uh, Dave Ricks. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. Dave Superman Ricks in the 93. So this guy's 63 years old and got a 776 kilo total. That's freaking ridiculous, man. 63 years old as a 93 and a 776 kilo total. And he missed on some squats. If he would have had a good squat day, because earlier this year, let me pull up his. David Ricks here. So last year, just a year ago at 61 years old, he was in the 800s for kilo total, like 802.5. It's the nine in the 93s to still be in the 800 kilo range 
in his 60s. It's incredible, man. At any body weight, let alone in the 93s, to still be totaling in the 800s in your 60s. That's freaking nuts, man. I mean, you picture that. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, his squat here wasn't on point, but in South Africa, he did the 305 on a second attempt, and he tried the 331.5 open world record on his third attempt. So he gave it a shot. He put it on his back. Here he he got the 282.5 and then tried 305.5. I didn't get the chance to watch it to see if it was depth or what. Um, but, yeah, he a uh, couple more things for him is he had the biggest total in the Masters 3, regardless of weight class, even though he was a 93, and then he won best lifter. Um, with 101 GL points. So him and LS were the only ones to go over 100 GL points. And so LS and them M1s and then Dave and the M3s. And he's going over 100 in his 60s, man. It's incredible, dude. He's, he's an inspiration. He's a legend. Um, in terms of Master 3s, Canada came in first, US second, Japan coming in third. And obviously, like you said, David Ricks. And the Master 4s, though, John Laflamme in his 70s, um, didn't hit the totals he wanted, but he's still squatting over 400 pounds. You know, deadlifting is deadlifting show up that day. He usually deadlifts in the 500s uh, this time, settling for 420 or 225, which is 496. So he's rather close, but he didn't have the day he wanted. But John LaFlem, an absolute legend in the game, nonetheless. And uh, I mean, he's in his 70s, my man. It's it's incredible the weight that he could still post up. You go to the gym and you're squatting in the 400s and pulling in the fives. Usually you're not a, a guy his size that's in the 70s. If someone walked in, seen him walk in the gym, put his freaking gym bag down on the ground, he started lifting, you're not anticipating that. <laughs> you, yeah, he, you'd be shocked when he starts loading up four plates plus and starts squatting it. Yeah, he had just done the North Americans um in the 93s but he weighed in 86.2 so he cut from 86.2 down to the 82.1 that he weighed in here so that affected his strength a little bit he broke the world record squat in panama but i was handling him for for here for worlds his squat just wasn't moving fast and was he played it more conservative um and then you know played it kind of conservative as, as well on bench and then tried to go with the regular plan on deadlift that's why we did the 225 and that was really difficult so we at that point we just went to 227.5 and that wasn't there but similar to dave uh john had the highest total in the m4s regardless of uh weight class and he also won best lifter uh fairly comfortably as well he's a legend man both those guys are legends shall we move on to the women's side sir let's do it Speaking of legends, so we had mentioned in the 76s, Kimberly Walford um, making her first appearance in the Masters and posting up a 529.5 kilo total, had a monster 244.5 kilo final deadlift, um, missing her third squat, missing her third bench, but hitting her third deadlift and clinching a world title here. Amongst the women... That competed in the M1s. Is there any other names like that that pop out to you that the new Masters graduates? Yeah, I was just trying to look at real quick at the records. It looks like Kimberly just broke the deadlift world record. Um, and then obviously she won the the best lifter as well. But right behind her, only like two points, two GL points behind is uh Cesara Tavares in the 69 kilo clash, she hit a 495 kilo total. So 495 in the 69s, you know, not quite over the 500 kilo uh, barrier that they're hitting at Worlds, but still definitely very competitive at the open level. And then um, 
Kimberly had to calculate the end, you know, what she needed for her deadlift to make sure she not only gets the world record, but she also gets that best lifter because it was only two points difference. Yeah, we got some decent totals here, as well as uh, Natalia from Ukraine in 63s, uh, registering a 443. I mean, we had some decent totals. Uh, Kimberly, obviously, clinching the best lifter at the World Championships here, and um, Tavares from Brazil taking that silver with the overall. And Monique Bodie from U.S. Virgin Islands taking the bronze in terms of the overall best lifters. Team USA taking the national title. Uh, U.S. Virgin Islands taking the second, coming in second, and Great Britain coming in third overall. It's interesting for USVI, they had more world champs. They had three world champs, but they lost by one point just because they didn't have the depth. So then they got the three points and two points. They didn't wasn't able to keep up with the U.S., but you would you would think with three, three world champs, uh, you're doing really good, and they just need to find, I guess, maybe some more um, lifters that want to do the masters. Looking at the rest of these, um, you know, I drew uh, everybody's attention towards, let me find her here. There she is. Shelly Stetner representing us born in 1951 and Shelly as a 63 posting up a 325.5 kilo total. It's pretty crazy when a lady in her seventies is posting up totals like 325.5 um, obviously winning in terms of the M4 is the best lifter and helping USA taking the uh, national team points there. But you got some people out here, man. It's crazy what they're able to do later on in life. Yeah, I mean, uh, in pounds, she's pulling a 314-pound deadlift in her 70s, and she only weighs, you know, 132. She doesn't even fill out the weight class, 59.94 kilos. And again, she's another one where she has the biggest total in the M4s, regardless of uh, weight class, and uh, comfortably won the best lifter. So even if you're saying like, oh, you know, there's M4s, they're not doing big numbers. Well, she's dominating every other M4 that's there at Worlds. She also could have easily been a 57. Now, people in their 70s probably are worried about cutting, and she was the best by far anyways. But just to put into perspective what her total would have been as well, picture has a 57 posting up totals like that. But uh, there it is, my man. Any Anybody else you think we – any stories or anything like that you bring from the World Championships? How was it? How was your experience there? Uh, it, it was good. I mean, there were some longer days, um, you know, three sessions. Like that fir- of that first day, maybe another thing that affected like people like John Laflamme is John Laflamme was in the third session, and we were supposed to start at 5 p.m. We ended up starting at 6 p.m., and we went out till about 11 p.m. and then did the awards to like 11.30 p.m. So for some of the master's lifters, maybe the timing threw them off if they're not used to, um, you know, staying up late or lifting late and everything like that. So it was some longer sessions on some days. Other days it was all, all good according to session, um, the session times. St. John's was great. A lot, lot of um, like, you know, hiking to do and good trails on the water and everything like that. Um, and good, you know, restaurants and bars to go to and stuff like that. Um, a bunch of us got screeched. So I don't know if you know what that is. I got screeched in, brother. So for those who don't know, in order to become like an a, a official uh, Newfoundlander, you have to like say they're saying and take a shot of this nasty uh, alcohol and then kiss this uh, frozen cod and then you become an official Newfoundlander. And so I got my official certificate here. Oh, you're Canadian? 
<laughs> wow, they're going to kick you off Team USA, man. <laughs> so that was definitely fun. Um, next year, it's supposed to be in Mongolia. So far as of now, it seems like a lot of people aren't interested in going to Mongolia. So maybe that says a lot more about how much everyone enjoyed Canada and St. John's and like coming to somewhere like that. Um, we'll see how many of them turn around and go to Mongolia next year. So here's the thing, man. I actually think Mongolia is a really cool, like I'm a history buff. I would fucking, I don't know if I got vacation days with all the different commentating I do or whatnot. I would love to go to Mongolia though. I would love to tour around Mongolia and see the sights and, you know, check out the culture and the whole line. Like that sounds extremely appealing to me, especially when you're in the masters. It's for me, it's less pressure. Have a good time, go out there and do the sightseeing and, and do like, fuck man, to see some cultures like that. I would love it. And I do hope, I I know Lane posted up and said, I don't know if I'm, I'm coming. He, I mean, he's been dealing with a lot of shit, but I hope Lane comes back. I hope LS comes back. I hope Kimberly comes back. These are big name, very I hope Dennis Cornelius makes an appearance and, and, and starts battling. I want to see some high class lifting like that at Master Worlds because these people are capable. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe the IPF needs to like sell it more as far as these places, as far as like things to do. I think maybe a lot of people like for us in North America are like worried about how long it takes to get there and then how expensive it will be to get there. But then once you're there, it may be cheaper and more interesting to do things. So maybe the IPF can like, you know, sell it like like Jeff Butt had on the website for his meet, all the things to do in St. John's and things in other cities and stuff like that to like let people know stuff like that. So yeah, it could be interesting, interesting place to go. And yeah, it'd be great if we get these other lifters um, to come back and maybe other masters lifters. I saw Liz Craven just did the Australian nationals. So who knows if she goes open or if she goes masters or both and something like that. So maybe she's someone that you see. Um, and then we'll see who else there is. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who else ages, um, into the masters or is currently masters, but those would be some big names. We'll have to see my friend. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We want to be relatively quick here doubling up on our podcast today but as per usual for everybody listening whatever platform you're listening on please do subscribe tell your friends about it take pics post it up in your instagram stories we will repost as long as we see them and uh, give us high ratings and give us high reviews on all any platform that you're listening us on it is much appreciated as always until next time six pack lap it at six up and we are out